Well, I would like to say a few things here. Really appreciate the teamwork of the Saints. Um, anybody that knows kind of knows that we threw this together pretty quick uh, between Friday, kind of hearing the news that uh, that the bug had kind of flown through and was getting into a bunch of families. Um, we talked about possibly trying to go down to the building, all throwing, throwing ourselves all in the Thomas's van and heading down to the building and doing it. But uh, it worked good. Appreciate it. Thank you, Brad, getting us all set up with the administration. Uh, Mr. Compton for somehow trusting us to take over your feed. I'm telling you, if that doesn't show a little bit of faith in Christ Jesus, I don't know what does. I don't know that I would have trusted myself for that. So anyway, without further ado, we've got Mr. Thomas here. It's been fantastic to spend time with his family. We really, really appreciate the time and the encouragement. And I'm really excited for the encouragement he's going to bring for everybody else. That uh, just from a different perspective, I have always said that I think Lord puts different personalities in different places for different reasons. And uh, if somebody's put somebody in India for the right reason, it's this family here. And I really appreciate him. With that, let's bring him on to the big round. <laughs> Benoit Thomas. <laughs> All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It is a joy to be here with all of you guys. Yeah, today is a great day in Christ. All right, guys, you know, we, we got to partake of the Lord's Supper together. There's been some challenges around the world, uh, in India, here in Oregon, and across the globe. There's a few little challenges there, uh, everybody's going through, but praise God, Jesus is King. You know, our eternity is set. If we are in Christ, we have become new creations. And, and what a joy, what a joy to be, to gather together. And I'm grateful that our family could be here in Oregon and be able to see you all, uh, kind of, <laughs> see some of you and, uh, you know, see the, see, uh, see Ken right there. A joy to see you too, Ken. <laughs> and, uh. And some of the saints, I'm really sad we weren't able to come out there, but uh, Lord willing, next time. But let's get into the message for this this morning. This morning, uh, so let's uh, turn, turn in your Bibles. Uh, let's see. Hey, wait a minute. Uh, got my pages all mixed. I'd like to t uh, share a little story with you. I was sharing with Jennifer the other day on, she took us on these beautiful hikes around Oregon, you know, Oregon, and, and uh, it's beautiful just seeing God's creation, and what a blessing, what a truly a blessing, and I was sharing a story with her about a gentleman by the name of Sir Adrian Corton. Uh, he was a Belgian national born in 1880, and BBC had a special about him, and he was called the Unkillable Soldier. And, uh, and others called him RoboCop. And I'll show, tell you why he's called RoboCop and the Unkillable Soldier. Um, he was born, this gentleman was born into a very wealthy family. Adrian, when he was, uh, he dropped out of Oxford University when he was about 19 years old. And uh, he wanted to be a soldier. He really wanted to be a soldier. So he gave a fake, gave, gave, he gave a fake name fake nationality, and his changes age. So you had to be 20 years old so to, to be a soldier. And uh, so he can enter into a war that he had to reconnect. <laughs> Something with the internet. So he was trying to... Uh, so, But for the next 60 years of his life, 
he would persevere as a soldier. He would enter 14 wars, 14. And uh, during that time, he was shot in the face, shot in the head, stomach, ankle, leg, hip, and ear. He survived two plane crashes. You know, after one, you would, I would, oh, I don't know about getting on a plane anymore. Okay. You know, after one of those crashes, he rescued another soldier while having only one eye and one arm. This guy persevered, you know, just great example. Uh, he tunneled out of a POW camp while having only one eye and one arm. So, but, and bit two of his fingers off when the doctor wouldn't amputate it off so he can get back into the war. Yeah, in his autobiography, this guy writes, Frankly, I had enjoyed the war. And uh, how did he die? COVID. No, no, it wasn't COVID. It was natural causes. He lived to be 83 years old. It's amazing, 83 years old. And that reading about his story just really challenged me, just really helped me to, rem uh, reminded me of that if we, we who are in Christ, we have nothing to fear, you know. We need to keep going forward, keep doing what's right, persevering through the challenges of life. Don't give up, you know, strong finishers. That's who we are. You know, each one of us, we have to enjoy, love being in Christ to make it to the very end, see? Or else we will find any excuse to give up, right? Right, guys? It could be any little thing. This guy enjoyed being a soldier. That's why I really, you know, I've been chewing on his, you know, his story and his example and his perseverance you know, some of us would, you know, after being shot one time, was like, okay, that's, I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to be an insurance salesman or sell real estate or something. You know, something a little bit more, a little bit easy, you know, take it easy a little bit. But this guy kept going. You know, we, each one of us, we got to love it to win it. You know, and that's, that's, that's what the scripture constantly uh, points out. And the, the life of, the life of Jesus, the life of uh, Paul the Apostle, Peter, all the great men of old that have gone before us, there stands as an example for each one of us. So, you know, go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3. Hebrews 12, verse 3. We can read from the first Hebrews 12, verse 1 and following. It says, Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance, and the sin which so easily entangle, entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Fixing, where should our eyes be fixed on? Social media, or is it CNN, or Fox, or, you know, where should our eyes be focused on at this time in our lives? Fixing our eyes on Jesus. It's Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy. Was it a burden? Was he walking around like, oh... I gotta go save these dirty, rotten sinners. Oh no, it's like, oh, there's nobody else. No, it was for the joy set before him. He endured the cross. He loves us. He, he could have sent love letters from heaven. Okay, I love you guys. I love you. You know, throw, thrown it out from heaven or something. You know, he could have done something, sent some of his angels do, 
to save us. But he himself, God himself, became, poured himself down to become a man and to save our soul. Uh, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, verse 3, for consider him, for, con for consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not, what? Grow weary and lose heart. We should not lose heart at this time. Be energized, God's word, as we intently look, gaze intently into the scriptures, we are being supercharged. Amen. We're being supercharged by God's word so that it's God's word is like, I like to use the uh, illustration of rocket fuel, you know, so we can have transcending faith to rise above the gravitational pull of this earth. So we don't have earthy mindsets. So we can have a spiritual perspective what on what's really really important it's not the stuff of this world and saw what what's happening the pandemic and the taliban and this and the covid and this and all these stuff that's going on our focus is about the salvation of our souls the salvation of our children's souls and other our neighbors and our community and the and here's those who are seeking truth that's what's really 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 important and also, I know Brother Matt brought a lot of good, great things this morning. You know, we need to stop looking at life through a straw. You know, I don't have a straw in front of me. You guys have a straw? You know, not to look at life through a straw. See the big panoramic view of what is God doing, you know? And God paints in broad brush, you know, the big picture as we look into the scriptures. It is for the redemption of Every individual soul. You know, in 2 Corinthians 4, 16, it says, Therefore, we do not get discouraged. See, we got to be in the Word to win it. we got to get in it, not just Sunday morning. We're not just Sunday morning Christians for two hours. This is what we think about, what, what we dream about. This is when we go to the grocery store. It comes out of every pore. It is, you know, Christ and glorifying his name. And it is not a burden. It is full, in a full of joy. It's exciting to be in Christ, to live for him, to have purpose and meaning. We who are in Christ have a living hope. Don't we, guys? We have a living hope. See, and that's what we want to share with the world. See, we do not dis get discouraged. In 2 Corinthians 4, 16, Paul says there, this is the guy who was beaten, you know, 39 lashes, five times. That's a lot of lashes, being stoned to death, you know. He was, they thought he was dead, but he got up. Wow. Jailed, so many things. He says, we do not get discouraged. Second Corinthians, let's go there. Let's go to that. It's a great verse of scripture. Four sixteen. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. I've been renewed in India by Brother Bill and, and the saints there in Pleasant Hill. You guys have encouraged me greatly, and I have been able to sh take the great things you share and how you guys encourage us to, sh 
with those all over Asia. So thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our heart. That's why we wanted to make this trip out to Oregon and, and see all of you, the Kaiklas and the Saints in Pleasant Hill. So just say thank you. So thank you for all your hard work and all the great singing, you know, Ken gets up there and get, gets us pumped, you know, we get to watch you guys. And so you guys are a blessing. So you guys encourage us to focus on our minds, not on the things of the flesh, you know, on the body, the inner man renewed day by day. We who are in Christ are in his presence. We dwell in his presence and in his presence there is fullness of Joy, like Psalm 1611 says. That's what we learned, you know, over the past several months before, you know, just, and um, for, for momentary, the challenges we're going through right now are momentary. They're like little mosquito bites. Anybody have had mosquito bites? <laughs> ah, that's it. That's all it is. Mosquito bites, the light momentary afflictions of this world is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Woohoo! This is exciting. This is not burdensome. See, this is the time as we, as we go through these afflictions, these little mosquito bites of challenges we go through in life, this is the time for us to glorify God. It's time for us to glorify God, persevere, you know, through whatever and share the word of God through our neighbors and our relatives and our friends who might be watching us going through hard times. But we just have super duper positive attitude. The Lord is on our side. He is in us and we have nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing to fear. Who love it. For while we look not at the things which are seen, you know, with these two eyeballs, not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. The unseen things are only seen. We can only see it through the scriptures into the spiritual realm. That's what we got to be in the word constantly. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen eternal. Woo! Love it. That's where Paul's focus was when he was going through this life. He wasn't focused on the beatings. You know, Jesus wasn't focused on all the insults and the, the challenges he was going through. He wasn't focused on, you know, how many nails they, were, they had put into his body and how many times they slapped him and they pulled his beard and, you know, and all that stuff. He, was, he wasn't focused on that. The, the, the curses they said, and no, he was focused on the, the next person. He's helping Mary and John and connecting that. And he was so focused on doing the Father's will, to do the will of the Father. You know, to, you know, he's on that cross in so much pain. And he's like, thief, he focuses, he listens, he's listening. And the thief says, remember me when you enter your kingdom. Today, he says, he got, uh, got all that energy and the strength to tell the thief, Today you will be with me in paradise. Wow! That's what we need to be, guys. We need to have that strong finish in our life. Whatever time. God knows exactly what the, the day, the minute, the second of your departure. We have nothing to fear. That's what Paul's 
and Peter and Jesus, their mindset was. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 8, verse 12. Isaiah, the Bible is so much fun, so exciting. Isaiah 8, verse 12. Love it, love it, love it. 8, verse 12. It says here, okay, 8, verse 12. And you are not to say it is a conspiracy in regard to all that that this people call conspiracy. And you are not to fear what they fear or be in dread of it. See? And you are not to fear what they fear or be in dread of it. It is the Lord of hosts whom you should regard as holy and he shall be your fear and he shall be your dread. That's what the scripture is encouraging us. Put our trust in the Lord. Put our trust in, in the Lord. See, in Isaiah chapter 62, 62, where's my little, you know? See, the world wants to hold us in captivity. Captivity to the things of this world. Live in fear, huddle, you know, hunker in the bunker, as Brother Steve Doty has shared several times. We hunker, oh no, don't go out, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. You know, slaves. No, we're no longer slaves if we are in Christ. We are set free. Set free. We are free men in Christ. Not to do the things that we desire to do, but it is to glorify the Father who has given us life, to set free brothers and sisters. See, we have been given this hope, this wonderful treasure, the Holy Spirit. Our sins have been washed away. And we have his spirit dwelling in us. The fullness of the deity. I think the battery needs to be Uh 20%. (laughs) So no problem. We're going forward. (laughs) All right. It's all good. So um, Isaiah 62, verse 1 to 2. Isaiah 62. Isaiah 62, 1 to 2. Okay, for Zion's sake, are we to be silent? Are we who are in Christ, are we to be silent? This is the right time. Wow, God has set everything in place so that we can bring this great message to the, those in our community, those around the world through this technology. Paul didn't have this. You know, we're hundreds of miles away from each other and it's like, we can see each other, talk, you know, be able to communicate. What a wonderful blessing. See, for Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not keep quiet. The world says, stay home, be safe. Right? Stay home and you'll be safe. Everything will be all right. But Jesus says in Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and share the gospel. That's what's in, there's no like, you know, the, Okay, except when there is a worldwide pandemic or when there's a, you know, when you don't feel like it and when you have a headache. No, Jesus wants, that's, that's the, our commander in chief. He says, go. Uh, I don't think you want to <laughs> uh, dishonor him in any way. You know, it's, his command is go. And he says, yes, sir. You know, we, we should go. You know, when I was a, uh, a young man uh, in New York. Remember, my li- I made, I got my license plate personalized, and it was Mark sixteen fifteen. So every day, come get out there, and I see that. It's like that's my purpose. It's not about my business. It's not about 
doing this and that, whatever I want. It's about the main focus is what Jesus wants. And I love it. And wanting above that, there's nothing else greater than that, to be able to get out there and share the truth with my the guys at the the big, you know, the restaurant depot. And, you know, I had a restaurant business, so we were always buying and selling and things and meeting clients. And it was all about getting the gospel out, you know. People go come into my uh, catering showroom, and they're like, is this like some sort of Christian bookstore? <laughs> no, so it was it was fun. It was it was a great opportunity to meet people and connect them and build that friendship. They all knew who I was, so I loved it. I love the, the opportunities God gave. So we are until goes on. The scripture goes on in uh, Isaiah sixty two until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning torch that is burning. The nations will see your righteousness and all kings your glory. Is the word of God going forth? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's going around the world. And we're the people. How many of you guys play tag? Tag. You guys like, my kids like to play tag. And I, you know, I think they can catch me now, you know. Like, can't run as fast as my sons now. It's getting a little bit slowing down. But God tells us when we come into Christ, Tag, you're it. You're the carrier of this message to the nations. You're it. You're it, Matt. You're it, Jennifer. Right? Keith, you're it. Kelly, right? Rebecca, you're it. Take it. Take the message. Go. Go forward. And excitement. You know, I see the guys, little kids when they're playing tag, and they're all running around. They're, you know, happy. They're joyful. They're excited to take that and to get the other next. Get the next person, you know. We want, we're the deliverers, this message to those around us, right? In the Old Testament, salvation was the deliverance from a physical enemy, right, guys? Physical, can you name one physical enemy? Name some physical enemies that the Israelites had to defeat. Assyria. What? Had to defeat? Yeah, they, 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 defeated? they, they defeated, yes. Philistines, okay, Philistines, the Babylonians, the Assyrians, the Amalekites, the, you know, the Egyptians, you know, they, it was physical enemies with physical swords. But in the coming of the new covenant, it's no longer a physical enemy, but the deliverance of the soul, the deliverance of in the individual soul. The redemption of the individual soul is more valuable than anything else on this planet. What price would you give for your soul? Your soul. You're valuable. You're precious. You're precious. More priceless than all the stuff in this world. All this stuff is backdrop. You know, the nations of the world and all the stuff that they're doing. You are the centerpiece in Christ. See, as we were watching the, the, the football game yesterday and, you know, the, everybody saw those thousands of thousands of fans staring at those players. You know, they were playing, focused on those players. The guy who had the ball. Now, he was, a, you know, he was a centerpiece carrying that ball to the touchdown. You know, if you were 
you know, whichever side you were on, you, you, know, who, you know, you're rooting. You know, you're, you're just getting excited. Come on, go, go, go. The saints in heaven, myriads of angels are rooting for you, you and I to carry the message. Take that torch to our community, to those neighbors, to, to the, anyone, everyone, every single day. That's our purpose. There's nothing else. See? What value will you put on your soul? And, you know, what profit is it if you gain the whole world and lose one, your soul? What profit is it? That's kind of stupid. You know, Solomon was the wisest man, but he's also the dumbest man on the face of the earth. Because he didn't put it into practice. He, he knew a lot of things about God, but he never put it into practice in his life. Change didn't change his character. So sad. See, we have the mind of God. We are blessed, brethren. We have the mind of God right here. The fullness, everything for life and godliness is right here to help us to make godly decisions. The word of God is a filter, right? We're hearing political stuff. We're hearing health stuff. We're hearing all music, you know. All the stuff of this world is being, we're being bombarded. So what should we do? This, the word of God, as we read it every day, day in, day out, one year, two year, three year, we are able to filter out all the garbage. You know, we're able to discern what is right and what is wrong. Our children are able to discern. It's not about being democratic or Republican. I belong to the King Jesus party. That's the only party I know. So I'm, you know, and it's all about what, what does Jesus think? What does Jesus want me to do? So the Bible has to be the filter for our lives to make those right decisions so that we can persevere. It's all about what Jesus sees as important. What does he see as valuable? And he sees individual soul as valuable. You know, it's not about black or white or brown or polka dots or, you know, it's not the skin color. It's about who you are. Satan is using all this nonsense to divide and conquer. See, it's a church who's the light of the world, the beacon of hope in a, you know, cesspool with just a wicked, evil world out there that wants to destroy. But we are the ones who can bring people in, you know, and, and be part of his family, you know, the the. Whatever nationality you come from, it's in Christ. There's so much beauty, so much joy, so much love. It's all in Christ. And um, that's, that's what needs to be the right. Uh, we all need to put the right perspective on things. What's important and what's not important. When you start recognizing the value of your soul, and then you start valuing what? Other people's souls. Other people, everybody else's soul is valuable. If my soul is valuable, then everyone else's soul is valuable. See, what's really important is helping someone's soul go where? Go to heaven. Yes, go to heaven. Helping them go in the right direction towards heaven. Love and truth are two sides of the same coin. If you love somebody, you will tell them the truth. If I love my children, I will guide and direct them towards what's best for their eternity. Their eternity. Every decision of our life. 
is based on what's best for their eternity. That's what true love is, right? Amen? Yes, amen. So salvation is to be a torch that is burning. And uh, go with me to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, the first century Christians, they did the job. They took the message to the world, right? Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse uh, 3 to 6, it says, We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Right? We need each other's prayers. I need your prayers, and we're praying for you all out there. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which we previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you just as in all the world. They didn't have Android phones and all this technology back then, but the gospel went forth. They did it. Woohoo! If they could do it, we can do it with all that we are blessed with. We are the most blessed of all people. See, Paul told those in Colossae that the gospel has gone forth to the known world. See, God wants each one of us here, brethren, to make a mark, you know, to make a mark, it's like, you know, he wants us to make the mark, not just get along with the world, hit the target. Our main purpose in life is to save souls. A wise man win souls, the scripture says. That's what Jesus' purpose was. He lived 33 years to the very last breath. Today you will be with me in paradise. Paul the Apostle. So many wonderful examples. God wants us to make a mark. See, and through His Spirit, through the, the Spirit that God has given us, we can do it. We have His Word. We have His Spirit. Our sins are washed away. What else? What else is there? You know, this. we have wonderful fellowship. Go with me to Colossians 4. Jump a few chapters over to Colossians 4. Verse 7 through 9. We're going to look at some of these. These guys we don't usually talk about, but we talked about, I think Matt talked about one of them uh, just a few minutes back. As to all my affairs, Tychicus, our beloved brother and faithful servant and fellow bondservant in the Lord, we will bring you information. For I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know that, uh, that you... That you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of your number, they will inform you about the whole situation here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, sends you his greetings. And also Barnabas' son, cousin Mark. See, wow. These guys are the backbone. Onesimus, Aristarchus, Tychicus. We had more kids, uh, kids, you know, trying to probably persuade my wife to. <laughs> Tychicus, mighty servant of the Lord, you know, or Aristarchus, pretty cool names, you know. Maybe my daughters, but my daughters are, mm, I don't know, Dad. <laughs> These are great guys. These are the backbone of getting the gospel throughout, the, throughout Asia and throughout the world. They are the runners. They're the runners. They're carrying, you know, they got the scrolls. You got a scroll, big Elijah? Got a scroll, you know, piece of paper. You know, there was one here. 
You know, they got, nope, nope, I don't have it here. Yeah. They, they were carrying those scrolls and they were running. And, you know, got it from Paul in prison and they took it to the thousands of miles away. You know, with the great attitude. You know, Tychicus and Onesimus, they were faith. The scripture calls them faithful and beloved brothers. Onesimus is a runaway slave. You know, there's no Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates here or Fauci. It's, it's a runaway slave. It's about, it's not about what, yeah, here. Yeah, look at that. Yes, right? You know, take, here's a scroll and travel thousands of miles away. You know, across the ocean. But appreciate, appreciate that. You know, appreciate that these men who are considered useless, useless and now useful. You know, the Roman prisons were horrible places. Tychicus is staying with Paul on his own initiative. Wow, nobody's forcing this guy. He's staying there so he can take the message to, to the Ephesians and to Colossae and to Laodiceans and it said, you know, to all over the place. He's hanging out. He's meeting the needs of Paul. Wow. See. Go with me to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. All right. 2 Timothy chapter 4, 9 through 12. Make every effort to come to me soon, for Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Cretans has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Pick up Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful for, to me for service. But Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak which I left at Troas, which with carpus and the books, especially the parchments, especially the parchments. Those things were very valuable to Paul. See, that's what the Bible, the what we have today should never be taken for granted. What we have is so precious. It's life. See, it gives us hope. Helps us to get our eternity set. And so, what a blessing that these guys were to bring that message to other parts of the world at that time. And that was not easy. It, was, it wasn't like pressing the sent button or something, you know, like sending an email that we do, you know, sitting in our living room. Or, but they had to endure so much, so many challenges to get the word to all those congregations in different places. Praise God. Praise God for their faithfulness. Go with me to Revelation 20. Revelation 20. Revelation 20, verse 12. And I saw the dead, the great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. Go with me also to 14, second, uh, Revelation 20, verse 14 and 15. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So, what do you want have written about you? Our lives are short. It's temporary. We get, scripture says we have 70 or 80 years and that's it. Finish. 
you know, I got a few, Lord willing, I might have a few more years. I don't know. Today might be my last day. You know, it's all about finishing strong, giving it all we got, you know, ring out. Usually I use an illustration of a towel and you ring out the towel. You know, this is our life and we want to ring it out for the Lord. Ring it out for the Lord. Give it all we got to the last breath. If you're on a ventilator, then I do your best. Talk to the nurses. If you're wherever you go, whatever you do, till the very last bit, strong finishers. That's who we are in Christ. Just like our Savior. Just like our King, our Redeemer. You know, that's, that's a great example for all of us. See, what do you want to have written in that book about you and I? What life-giving, urgent message of the Lord are you sharing with the world around you? You know, that's, that's what's really important. Use your jobs, use your you know, hobbies, use everything and anything you have at your possession, in your possession to communicate Christ and his glorious message. See, it doesn't matter if no one else remembers you on this earth. It doesn't really matter, you know. The rappers, you know, the rappers and athletes of the 80s and 90s. And I was like, oh, who, who are they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, what's, what is really important is having your name written in the ba- that book of life. There's nothing else more important than that. Your name written in that book of life. Have you ever gone to a hotel and, and it's like, I have reservations. You know, my name is this and this and Mr. Thomas and I'm from... Uh, Okay, uh, we don't see your name here. <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of, oh, no, okay. <laughs> we don't have any rooms available, and and uh, okay, that we can find some other place. But imagine on Judgment Day in your name, you're not in the book of life. So all the stuff, whatever we've had, we credentials we you know our education or the stuff that we did on this earth if it wasn't for the purpose of Christ is it really of any meaning is it have does it have any purpose absolutely zero zero nothing it's vanity of vanities the wisest man said everything else we if it's not the purpose is not to bring the gospel message forward it is meaningless meaningless It's meaningless. See. But what is important is having your name written in that book. Everything else doesn't matter. The first century church died out. The scripture says in Colossians 1, 3 to 6, the known world heard the message. What they did with it was up to them. Did they take it forward? No. That they brought the message to them but they didn't carry it forward. We have been given this message and it is our, from our heart, with all of our might, we want to take it forward. Take it forward to the nations around us. Here in Portland, this Oregon, it's amazing. You got people from India and China and they're all coming in. You know, the floodgates are open. <laughs> they're coming in from all over the place. The Lord is bringing the nations to America. Praise God, because... You can't really step into their countries. Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran, Saudi Arabia, (laughs) some parts of India and China. No, it's like, you know, you got anti-conversion laws. You got this and that. And you got all these challenges. You need visas. You need, 
you know, passports and special permission to travel around. They're coming here. We have freedom. Use it. Use it to share about our king and how great he is. See, let's do faithfully do that job. Take it forward. They didn't keep it going. Can I have my ton and my time the, the my little toys, please, in that, that one? Yes. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yes, we need to pass it forward, right? I got this. Pass it forward, right? Get that message. Move it forward. It's not just to be held just for with us. Keep it to ourselves, but we need to move it forward. See, our time is short. Time has come for us to accomplish the same thing. Brother, we need to get revved up. Revved up. We got the power. We got the word. We got everything. There is nothing we lack. It's time for us to take this seriously and move forward with that, with that message. We all have a sense that our time is short, don't we? Do you guys feel like time is short? We got a lot of stuff to do. It's like, oh no, am I gonna gonna be able to finish this? Yeah, our time is short. You know, I love to use this illustration. You know, this our life on this earth is like this black strip. You know, six, seventy, or eighty years. Some people have some more. Some people have less. We don't know. I don't know. But then, what's after that? What happens after that? After that 60 or 70 years, then we have eternity. we got to stand before the Almighty God. If we have obeyed the gospel and we've been faithful to Him, we get to be with Him for eternity. Woohoo! That's wonderful. But then what happens after that if we have, if we disobeyed and we live for ourselves? There is eternal condemnation. The fire, where the fire is not quenched, the worm does not die. That's not just for a day or two. It's not like a jail sentence. You got, you know, sentence for 20 years or 50 years. You at least can, okay, okay, I got only eight more years. Or, <laughs> But this is eternity. It goes on and on and on and on and on. It's just never ending. It never ends. See, let's put on... Let's remember what is really, really important. In 1827, Walter Scott, for the first time in Lisbon, Ohio, preached, you know, Acts 2.38. Great. Awesome. Glad he did that. But the means of salvation, it was spread like, it spread like wildfire throughout the U.S., you know, and they went overseas and gone, gone all over the world. They took, them, they took that message, but it wasn't complete. The indwelling Holy Spirit. Acts 2.38, you know, the remission of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Christ in you. Is that important? Absolutely. Without the Holy Spirit, no spirit, you're not his. Romans 8.9 says, if you're not preaching that, if you're not teaching and equipping people, are they really Christians? You know, is it, how, how, how important is worship? Understanding what worship truly is. If somebody really thinks he's worshiping God Sunday morning, that's his time in the presence of the Lord, and the rest of the time is me time, me, myself, and I time, then you forget, you lose focus. You lose focus. See, 
We need to ring that message out, the importance of the indwelling Holy Spirit, about worship in spirit and in truth. See, we got to live it, brethren. we got to live it. We can do this. We can do this today and every day. See, we live in a world of massive confusion. Massive confusion. we got 1.3 billion Catholics sprinkling little babies when they're born. You know, just a few months, sprinkle little babies. Is that right? Is that what God wants? Islam, 1.9 billion souls out there. 1.9 billion souls following Islam. 1.2 billion Hindus worshiping over 330 million gods and goddesses. Over 506 million Buddhists, 500 million atheists, 45,000 denominations under the heading of Christianity. Massive confusion. Everyone out there is looking for a niche. Share in the religious market. You scared of hell? The Jehovah Witnesses say, boop, boop. You just cease to exist. You know, Seventh-day Adventists teach that too. You don't, you don't go to, there's no hell. Boop. You're like a little bubble, you know, you just pop. <laughs> That's not what Jesus says. Jesus says very clearly, the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Luke 16, Luke 16, 19 through 31. So many other scriptures. That's the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Just invite Jesus into your heart. The televangelists. The charismatic, they, all this movement out there. All these guys, just invite Jesus into your heart. Put your hand on the screen and say this prayer with us. Is that what Jesus said in the Bible? Is that what the scripture talks about? No, absolutely not. That's not what it's, the scripture says. See, repent and be immersed for the forgiveness of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You shall be clothed with Christ. You put on Christ as Galatians 3, 26 and 27 says. See, repent, turn, confess Jesus as Lord, as the Ethiopian eunuch, right? See, this is invite Jesus into your heart, say a sinner's prayer. This is not from the scripture. It is a lie. It is part of the massive confusion of the evil one, the deceiver. See, the scripture is clear. You follow the Lord on his terms or you go to hell. See, Satan wants to wants us to close our mouth. He wants us to be so focused on ourselves, inward focus on ourselves only. So we don't do what God has commanded us to do, to get out there and help people change their eternal destiny. See, this, there's only two choices, brethren. Only two choices, only two, life and death. You live or die based on doctrine. Doctrine, the scripture is very clear. See, we've been working on translating stuff into over 12 different languages. Whew, it's, it's been amazing because the doctrine is important. It's what the scripture says about salvation about the Holy Spirit, about being new creations. We're not just a bunch of sinners saved by grace. We're just trying to get by every day. We are a resurrected army in Christ, holy and beloved, the bride of Christ. Wow, there's such so much great news for those, who us, those of us who are in Christ. 
See, the newness of life God offers is beautiful. Beautiful. Beyond description. See, the false teachers of this world, they appeal to the flesh, the sensuality. Live for yourself. Live to please the flesh. The scripture, on the other hand, calls people to a holy life. Righteous life. Crucify the flesh. The old man must be put to death. The resurrection of the new man in the image of our king on the throne. That's Ephesians 4, 23 and 24. Ephesians 4, 23 and 24. That's what the scripture calls people. Straightforward, right? The scripture is straightforward. It doesn't play around. Doctrine. How one becomes a Christian is important. What's the pattern for the church? Is that, is that important? I can't just make up things. Oh, I think this is okay. I think that's okay. Oh, I saw that on TV. No, no. What does Jesus say? What does the Bible say? See? Straightforward. God's word is words of light that pierce the darkness. All the others are lies. In today's religious smorgasbord of a world, the false teachers and people don't like that. They don't like that. So in, today, so in today's society, it's what you feel. What you feel is more important than the word of God. Have you seen that on you know, Hulu or maybe Disney Channel? You might see all the movies out there, the animated movies. Like, follow your heart and go after whatever, do whatever you want. Um, that's contradictory of what the scripture says. The heart is deceitful above all things. Who the... I, the Lord, search the heart and rewards a man according to his conduct. God, do not follow your feelings. Because one minute you might be happy, the next minute you're sad, you're depressed, blah, blah, blah. blah. It's like a roller coaster, you know? The, Jesus said in John 12, 48, the word I spoke will judge you on the last day. Is Jesus' words important? Yes, yes it is. We need to be in the word, brethren. We need to be helping people, guide, showing them book, chapter, and verse. Let's look at the scriptures. Let's look at the scriptures. If we don't know something, let me get back to you. I'll look it up. I'll study and get back to you from, give you a, you know, a scriptural answer for that question. So it's not our feelings, but it's his word that is so important at, the, at a time like this. It's so often people tell me, I feel, Benoit, I feel like I'm saved. Uh, that's not what Jesus says. We want, you know, God wants us to be people of the word. See, throughout history, we can see that God's people became complacent. They became lukewarm and they died. They died. They drifted away, as Hebrew says. They drifted away from God. We can't let that happen to us and our children and the generations to come. We have to fight the good fight of faith. In order, see, the, there has to be unquenchable fire for the house of God. And the souls of men, the time is now to wake up in order for the gospel to move forward. I'd like to share a little story with you about a gentleman I had read about, uh, another soldier. His name was Hiro Anda, the man who, this guy fought in World War II, and um, he even kept fighting for the next 30 years after he even ended. You know? <laughs> it's kind of funny <laughs> thinking about it. And um, he was stationed on Lubang Island in the Philippines. 
He was under strict orders to never, ever surrender or, or even to commit suicide. Mr. Hiro Onda and three men hid in the mountains. From their hideout, they would continue their attack against the people of the land for the next 30 years. He wouldn't believe the reports that Japan had surrendered in September 1945. He kept fighting and fighting an, a, an imaginary war. Even after all his fellow soldiers died. He kept fighting, man. Wow, this guy. <laughs> See, does that remind you of someone? Yeah, reminds me of Satan. Satan is fighting an imaginary war and he's trying to get others on board. God has won the battle. We have won. If you are in Christ, if you read the back of the book, it's the scripture over and over is reminding us if you are in Christ, you have nothing to fear. And you have won. You are seated with Christ. No one can touch you. You are seated with Christ. In Hebrews 9.23, in Jesus' ascension to glory, when after his resurrection and he ascended to glory, he offered spiritual blood in a spiritual temple, cleansed heaven of what because of what happened up there. Satan sinned, you know. He cleansed it. And he's seated on the throne. No one can assassinate him. No one can bribe him. No, he's untouchable. He's invincible. And guess where you are, Christian? You are seated with Christ. That's why we can encourage one another in his presence, in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. That's where you and I are. That's what the word of God tells us. See, are we going to listen to the world or are we going to listen to the word? If we want victory, it's the word. Don't, don't be shaken by what's going on around in this world. The great dragon is kicked out of heaven in Revelation 12, 7 through 9. He lost. See, by Jesus offering that spiritual blood in heaven, the spiritual sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice, once and for all, we can have clean conscience, no guilt, no guilt. We don't have to walk around with guilt. We have clean conscience. We are holy. We are beloved of God. We are his sons and daughters. We are royals. We can... Put your head high. Walk with confidence. Our dad loves us. I love this verse in Psalms as I finish up here. Psalms chapter 2. Psalms chapter 2. Psalms 2 verse uh, 1 to 4. Why are the nations in an uproar and the peoples devising a vain thing? Is that going on right now? The nation's in an uproar, people devising stupid things. They think they can put out, get rid of God's word and his hope and the joy that, is, that we have in Christ. It's vain. He's unstoppable. The kings of the earth take their stand and rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. Ha, ha, ha. We'll get you, Lord. <laughs> it's like the wicked witch of the <laughs> was it east or west or what? What was that? Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you can't get you. You know, it's like, no. <laughs> verse 4. I love it. Verse 4. Psalms 2, verse 4. 
Look at what our king says. Look what he, he who sits in the heavens laughs. Ha, 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 ha. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury, saying, But as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. See, our king, we are seated with our king. Our dad is the king. What joy, brethren. Today is a great and glorious day, awesome day to be part of his family. We are all participating in this battle that has already been won. It has been fought and it has been won. We are not victims. We are victors, champions. See, the king has gone before us. See, we have something more powerful, greatest under armor of all. It's not adamantium. It's not those, those little, little, what do you call those little jewels that Thanos had? We have his spirit in us. Let us not let the world distract and defeat us, but let's be in his word and fulfill his mission today to get the message of hope to those around us. That's what this is all about. This pandemic is so that we stop sharing truth and hope and love to those around us. This is, it's, <laughs> all of this is to distract us from the spiritual momentum of getting the work of the king done. See, to the last breath, let's press forward. Let's bring him the glory and not let the world just bang us down, you know, using the things of this world, but let us be in his word. Let us be in his word. Let us gaze intently to the hope we have so we can endure. We can rise above this world and the things that are going on because of the hope we have in Christ. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share with you this morning. We love you guys so much. We look forward to the time we could see each other again and give each other big hugs. So, uh, Ross, you guys can come visit us in India. <laughs> love to have you. So, thank you so much. I'm going to hand it over. Let's close. Let's let's say a word of prayer. Oh, glorious Father in heaven, we give you thanks and pray praise for the opportunity and the blessing, the technology available to to share with the saints. And uh, thank you for my brethren, Pleasant Hill. And thank you for uh, the saints here in Oregon City and the opportunity to fellowship together, to encourage one another. Your word is so wonderful, sweeter than honey. Oh, Lord, it's life to our to our bodies and gives helps us to uh, to have clarity, Lord, in a world of confusion. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for this beautiful morning. Uh, help us to continue to persevere, continue to run the race, and bring you the glory. We pray for our dear brethren who are not well physically, and we pray for healing to their bodies, and Lord, and uh, strengthen them. We pray. Thank you for the saints, Pleasant Hill, and the, all the wonderful encouragement. Thank you for my brother Bill and, and all the saints. Help guide them and direct them, Lord, to your glory and honor. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you again. Love you guys. Right, we got one last thing. I need everybody to stand up. We can't get all excited sitting down. Stand up. You guys probably know this one and heard it. Stand up. Stand up. We gotta stand up. We gotta get all excited. Go and tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King.
Get all excited, go and tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited, go and tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. Yeah! All right. Well, back to your normally scheduled programming. Hope you had a great day and have a wonderful Lord's Day, everybody. Take care. Love you guys. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.